0: Do your comfort advisors have a process, or do they just wing it on a sales call? Find out more on today's show. Now, before we get started with today's content, I want to let you know that Epic 2021 tickets are available at 50 bucks off. Just go to epic2021event.com and use the discount code CTC50 at checkout. Epic is the premier HVAC business development conference in the industry, so get your tickets today if you haven't already. So this month we launched our brand new updated sales course taught by yours truly. And today we're going to run one of the segments from that course entitled process versus result. Let's get started. Welcome back to the program. As I mentioned in the introduction, you got to really focus on consistency, right? And consistent results come from consistent activities. The question then becomes, how do we produce consistent activities in the sales process? Well. You gotta have a process, right? You gotta have a system to follow. A systematic sales process will deliver the big results that you want. As I mentioned earlier, Zig Ziglar used to say, you gotta have a canned presentation if you wanna be successful. But if it sounds like a canned presentation, you're gonna be in trouble. So this is not about putting a straitjacket on you, right? I want this to be a creative process but there is a general structure that can be very helpful to follow. I wanna share something uh, with you from my book, Consistency Selling, just a couple of paragraphs because it really talks about these two things in the sales process chapter. Says in sales, you have two, two key components, the sales process and the sales result. The sales process is everything you do, which is to build a relationship, identify problems, solve problems, and of course, ask for the order. And the sales result is everything the prospect does, right? They buy or they don't buy. You have 100% control over how well you do your job, but you have 0% control over how well the prospect does their job, right? In other words, you can do a great job on the sales call and they may do a lousy job and not buy from you, right? So yes, you can influence your prospect. In other words, your homeowner, the better you do your job, the more likely they are to buy from you. But at the end of the day, the prospect makes the ultimate decision about whether or not they're going to give you their money in exchange for your solutions to their problems. So you gotta focus in the process. If you look at this slide here, process versus result, you gotta stay focused on what you can control. And as I said in the book there, you know, process is what you do, result is what the homeowner does. You don't have control over what the homeowner does. What happens in many cases is that people in sales obsess on the outcome, the result. Well, if the outcome drives everything you do, then your success is based on something you don't control, right? Because you only control the process. Now listen, I understand the numbers are very important, right? Sales conversions, average ticket, revenue per lead. Those things are super important. I couldn't manage a company without it. You gotta have those numbers, but the numbers only tell me part of the story. The numbers can be a little bit deceiving. I mean, isn't it true that sometimes you'll see somebody brand new in the business, doesn't know what the heck they're doing, and they'll go in, they'll stumble all over the place and walk out with a $20,000 sale, right? Right, that $20,000, if I just look at the result, I would say, oh my God, they did a great job. Truth is, they might've got lucky. So the numbers don't tell me the whole story, do they? On the other hand, you can take a very experienced sales consultant and they can run a lead and do a beautiful job, and the homeowner goes with a cheaper competitor, right? If I look at just the numbers, the results, I would say, oh, this person did a bad job on that lead. Not at all, they may have done a brilliant job. So my point is this, the sales numbers, the outcomes, the result, they're important, but they're not everything. The most important thing is the sales process. Listen, I'm a big football fan, and uh, I grew up in South Louisiana, so I'm a big Drew Brees fan, and recently Drew Brees retired, and they've got a new, a new kid, Jameis Winston. Uh, he's only been in the league five or six years, and he's going to be the new quarterback. And I was reading this article in the ESPN. He was talking about you know, backing up Drew Brees the last year that Drew Brees played football, and he, and he said, "What was the, the interviewer said, what was the most important thing that you learned from Drew Brees? And what he said really surprised me. What Jameis Winston learned from Drew Brees, Hall of Fame quarterback, uh, he said the most important thing he learned is that Drew Brees told him that football is not a results-oriented business. It's a decision-process-oriented business. And I was shocked because in football, I I would think the numbers, the results are everything, right? Uh, Wins and losses and scores and touchdowns and yards per completion and number of completions, percentage of completions, yards per carry. All those things are so important, right? They manage every statistic. But the reality is one of the best guys that ever played the game says, no, it's a process business. It's a decision-making business. And what he meant by that is if you make the right decision, if you follow the process every time on every play, you increase the likelihood of success. There's no guarantee for success, but if you make the right decisions on every play, if you follow the process on every play, then you increase the probability of success. It's the same way in sales the more that you focus on your process, the more that you execute on the things that you can control, building your relationships, investigating problems, solving problems and asking for the order, the more you focus on those, the more likely you're gonna be successful. But if you go and obsess you know, specifically on the numbers, I gotta get this sale, I gotta get this sale, I'm gonna promise you something, you'll be very disappointed because process is key. You gotta find the process and the process is what you can control. I like to do an exercise sometimes, it's called eight to be great. And I hope you'll pause this if you're going to the training and maybe do this as a group or even by yourself. And take a little T graph, right? Just a little T on a sheet of paper. And down one side, I want you to write down eight characteristics of the perfect customer, right? The perfect homeowner. And you would write things like uh, they're wealthy, got plenty of money, great credit score. They have a high knee, right? Let's say they got a no cool or no heat situation. Uh, they're very honest. Uh, they're loyal. They're, they're, they're willing to listen. Like write down all the things that outline the perfect homeowner, right? And then next to that, on the other, car, on the other side of the T chart, I want you to write down eight characteristics of the perfect sales professional, right? Educated, patient, excellent communicator, strong closer, honest, transparent, right? Good communicator. Write down all the things that make up the perfect salesperson and all the things that make up the perfect homeowner. Well, here's the thing. You only need to be eight to be great. Any combination of eight will do. In other words, if the homeowner is a seven, right, they're a great customer, then you can just be a one and you'll be successful. But how often do you have perfect customers? Most of your customers are going to have two or three of the qualities that you like, which means you got to have five or six of the qualities that you need, right? Because you got to have eight to be great. Most of your homeowners may have good credit, maybe high need, But, you know, maybe they're not loyal. Maybe they're stupid. I don't know what they are. But let's say they only have two or three great characteristics. That means you got to have all six. got to be jamming. you got to be awesome. And that's process. You control the process, right? Uh, Stephen Covey, who was a mentor of mine and a dear friend, passed away a number of years ago, wrote a very famous book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He talked about this concept of the circle of influence versus the circle of concern. And what he did is he drew a big, big circle And he said this is your circle of concern and in that circle is everything you're concerned about right could be your job could be your income your family could be world hunger could be the weather could be the economy everything that concerns you right and then inside of that giant circle circle is a much smaller circle called the circle of a circle of influence and the circle of influence is everything in the circle of concern over which you actually have control which tends to be you right you're about the only thing you can actually control but the more you focus on the things you control your circle of influence the more success you're going to have in life the more you worry about things you can't control the more stressed the more disappointed that you're going to be in life the, 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 you're going to have less success it's just that simple so what i like to say is that winners focus on the circle of influence right they're focused on the things they can control in sales that's going to be your sales process the level that you're prepared right your skill level Now, how much do you practice? How much do you study? How much do you role play? You control all of that. That's your circle of influence. The more you focus on that, the more successful you're gonna be. Successful people, winners, focus on the circle of influence. Winers focus on the circle of concern. They're always complaining about the customer, the customer's credit. They're complaining about the, the competitor's cheap prices. They're complaining about this and that and the other, right? The bottom line is you can't complain about things over which you have no control. Those are results. You gotta focus on your process. Your process is in your circle of influence. You gotta focus on how good you are, not how bad the situation may be outside of you. That's the key about focusing on the process. Now, listen, one of the things I want you to understand, when I talk about sales process, a lot of times people think, oh, you're gonna be really pushy. That is not what I'm talking about. Sales success is about, it's about high service, not about high pressure. High pressure will get you nowhere, right? Homeowners are too sophisticated. They have access to too much information on the internet and reviews. If you get pushy with people, you get high pressure, you're gonna get bad reviews, you're gonna to be toast. But you can have high service and high service is what wins people over. I wanna give you an example of one of the most effective sales processes I've ever seen in my life. And it came from a guy who was a very unlikely sales giant, but he was a sales giant. And his name was Joe and had a little company just west of Colorado Springs there up in the mountains where I used to live. And he had a little company doing concrete work. The name of his company was Joe the Concrete Guy, right? And for years, I would drive by this restaurant every morning as I came down the mountain to come into Colorado Springs here. I would drive past a little restaurant called The Hungry Bear. And every morning, I would see a little white Ford pickup out there. And on the side of it, in black letters, it said Joe the Concrete Guy and a phone number. That's all it said, Joe the Concrete Guy and a phone number. And I'd drive by it every day and get a chuckle out of it, because I thought it was just such a simple marketing message. I mean, after all, what do they do with the company? Concrete work. Who does it? Joe. I mean, there's no confusion on the marketing message, right? So I'd see it every day. A couple of years went by, and one day I'm out in my driveway, and I realize I need some concrete work done. I need some steps poured at the end of my driveway. So I very excitedly, I got Joe's number off his truck one morning. I called him up, and I was talking to Joe the concrete guy. Man, I was stoked. And I couldn't wait to meet the guy. And I uh, made arrangements for him to come out to my house. And a couple of days later, he came out one afternoon after work. And Joe pulls up in my driveway. He gets out of his truck, and he looked exactly how I expected him to look, right? He had long, bushy hair, a big beard, T-shirt, cutoffs, and flip-flops, right? There was nothing pretentious. There was nothing high pressure about Joe the concrete guy. He's just a good old boy working in the mountains, making his living, doing concrete work. So we're out in my driveway, and I'm showing Joe where I want these steps for. And we're talking about it. He tells me it's going to be about a 1000 bucks to do the steps the way I want to do it and everything, blah, blah, blah. We're talking about that. At one point, I look over at Joe, and Joe is looking out across my driveway at a motorcycle trailer that I had parked in the dirt and the rocks. And he looks at it, he goes, why is your motorcycle trailer parked in the dirt and the rocks? And I said, well, Joe, as you can plainly see, the, the driveway is not wide enough, so I just keep the trailer over there. And he looks at me, he says, you know, when I'm here pouring your steps, I could widen your driveway. Right, and immediately my, my budget went from like thousand bucks to eight or ten thousand bucks, right? Because I had the driveway widened all the way to the street. Now, was Joe a pushy sales guy? Uh, was Joe high pressure? Not at all. He was the consummate professional. And as we were doing the paperwork, I said, Joe, where'd you learn how to do that? Just to you know, kind of increase your average ticket. In, you know, it took me from thousand bucks to eight thousand bucks or ten grand, whatever it was. I mean, where'd you learn to do that? He says, Well, he goes, it's actually pretty simple. He says, You see my truck out there in the driveway? I said, yeah. He said, what does it say on the side of it? I said, well, it says Joe the concrete guy and your phone number. He goes, yeah, Joe the concrete guy. Doesn't say Joe the HVAC plumbing, siding, roofing, lawn guy. It says Joe the concrete guy. This is all I do. It's all I know how to do. And then he said the magic words. He said, I learned a long time ago. If I'm going to make a living and pay my bills and take care of my family, my job is very simple. Every time I walk onto a piece of property, my job is to look for every problem that concrete can solve and tell people. That's it. There's your high-pressure sales pitch, folks. That's the ultimate sales presentation. You basically, when you walk in a house, you're going to look for every problem that heating and air conditioning, indoor air quality, ventilation, whatever, you're going to look for every problem you can solve and tell people about it. That's all you have to do. If you give people enough information, they'll make the right decision. You're going to close people by serving them by doing things your competition won't do, by going above and beyond in your process. That's how you close business. And that's how you get the highest margin. You know, one of the misconceptions in our business is that the cheap company, uh, everybody wants the cheap company, right? Well, just think about this for a second. It's a very simple concept. If it was true that everybody wanted a cheap price, wouldn't it make sense that the cheapest company in every town would be the largest company? Because hey, everybody wants the cheap guy, right? If that was true, if that was truly true, then the cheap companies would be like Walmart. They'd be the biggest companies, right? But that's never true. I've never been in the market where the cheap company is the big company. It's almost always true that the biggest company also is one of the more expensive companies. That my friends is a clue, right? Success leaves clues. And there's a giant one, right? It's a misconception. It's not about price with your homeowners unless you allow it to be about price. Are they concerned about price? Sure. Do they want to get a great value, a great deal? Absolutely. But if you think it's all about just the price, you're going to be right 100% of the time, and it's always going to be about price with your customers because your expectations are creating that reality. Now, that's the whole mindset course that you got to go back and take, the prosperity mindset. Uh, I wrote a whole book about it, this guy right here, and I developed a course on it that's on the on the EGI website, The Power of Consistency. That's about the mindset and how your expectations create your reality. If you think it's going to be about price, guess what? You're right. You're going to, in your mind, it's going to be about price. You're going to communicate that to your homeowner and it's going to come down to price. But if in your mind, it's about value and quality and service, that's what it's going to become, right? That's what it's going to be about. And that's what you got to make sure that you're doing. So you got to be like Joe, the concrete guy, focus on your process. What's your process? Very simple. Diagnose problems and recommend solutions. When you walk into the house, look for every problem you can solve and let people know about it. So you want to be great in this business? You want to be the very best? Focus on the process, not the results. enjoyed that content from our brand new sales course. If you haven't taken this course and you're a member, just log in, go to contractor training, click online classes, and then of course sales. And if you're not a member, I want you to fill out the form on this page and you get free access to this program and free access for 30 days to the entire platform. You can watch this training and you can watch many other training. That's it for today, folks. We'll see you soon. Until then, bye-bye for now.